I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi everyone, I'm Jason Ballara and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today I'm here with Lucas Piper. Lucas lives in Austin, Texas. We were just talking about the uh, great barbecue there. Um, his story involves graduating with a social work degree and um, has sort of gone from that into launching a vacation rental management company. So first of all, Lucas, let me just start by saying thank you. Thank you for taking the time out um, to come in and share your story and, and provide value to our listeners. Thank you very much. Yeah, man, this is awesome. Thanks for having me, Jason. Yeah, absolutely. Why don't you go ahead and, and tell us your story? Give us give us your background, um, you know, kind of where you came from and then and then what brought you into real estate. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, I grew up in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, you don't hear my accent until I stay, say Wisconsin or where I went to school in Minnesota. Then you're like, oh, yeah, I can hear that. Um, so I grew up in, in, in Milwaukee, um, you know, left when I was 18, went to school, uh, University of Minnesota, um, Twin Cities. So stayed there for about six years. Um, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, that's where I get, got the degree in, in social work. And so um, that was kind of always my passion is was, was helping people and um, figured I would, you know, end up in social work. So, so yeah, I, I one of my favorite jobs I ever had, you know, right out of college was, uh, was working with uh, homeless youth. So I worked in a homeless youth shelter um, in Minneapolis. And, um, and that was just wild, man, just just crazy stories. And, you know, just tons of perspective there that I can st still go back to today and just be like, all right, life, life's okay today. Um, and, uh, so did that for a couple of years and, um, I had traveled abroad, um, when I was in college in Venezuela. And so just grew this kind of love and infatuation with kind of Latin culture and Spanish. And so I was saving up my money. I was making big bucks at the time, I think 24,000. So I was, uh, I was saving some money, um, planning on kind of traveling abroad whenever I had enough. So. I uh, got to $5,000 in my bank account and uh, sold all my things and, um, and packed up and, and went down to Central America. Um, I had been accepted to a social work program for master's um, at UT of Austin. And so that was kind of the plan is go down and travel for a few months and come back for, uh, for that. And um, so I'm down in Costa Rica. I actually went for the first 10 days with my dad. He had been laid off from his job after like 25 years. So it was a really cool father-son father bonding experience. Awesome. He left. I stayed. And uh, went to Costa Rica, went to Nicaragua, ended up in Guatemala. <clears throat> and um, in Guatemala, I think I was like right about at the three-month point where I was supposed to come back then. And I was like, man, I, I'm not coming back. So I, uh, I deferred my master's for a year and uh, stayed down in Guatemala. And I was doing all sorts of cool shit, man. I was um, 
I was teaching English. Um, I was bartending at this little like local bar. It was just like this, the, the owner became just like my mom down there, man. It was just like family. <laughs> yeah. um, and then I was volunteering. So I was like the, the lead coordinator for this volunteer program. And we were building safe stoves for the, um, the Mayan population down there in Guatemala. They still have a, like a 40% indigenous uh, population. So we'd go out in that community and build these safe stoves. We do like these nutrition retreats and teach them about like, the oranges that were growing in their backyard that they weren't eating and how that gives them vitamins and like all sorts of stuff. So, uh, so yeah, I was down there all in all. Um, and I ended up finishing traveling through central and South America. So I was down there for about a year and a half, um, which was just an amazing experience. Um, that was before cell phones, before all that stuff. So I was just like on the, you know, the computer in the hostel trying to figure <laughs> out the next place to go. Uh, so it was pre pretty wild. <clears throat> Sounds amazing. I shouldn't say it was before cell phones, but it was before I owned a smartphone. <laughs> so I didn't right. have a smartphone down there. But yeah, yeah. Well, it may be that the cell service wouldn't have been great anyway. So yeah, <laughs> no. So it was just crazy, like being in a hostel and having to, you know, research where you're going next from like the Lonely Planet book. And yeah, so old old school traveling. So yeah. did that. Came down to Austin. Was still doing social work at that time. Um, got into some really cool work doing like street outreach. So it was a crazy job. We'd, we'd, we'd walk around the streets, work with street workers, uh, you know, people addicted to drugs. Um, we'd go into like gay clubs from 12 a.m. to 2 a.m. and do like HIV testing. So we were kind of like trying to provide uh, resources to, to people that were at risk for hepatitis C, HIV, um, so we would test and then give them the results within like 10 minutes of getting that. So that was, that was pretty wild. Um, you know, diagnosing people with HIV and having to kind of do the, the, the counseling that, that comes with that. Um, and then I was able to get a job, uh, with a place called the Texas liver Institute, a big, um, one of the biggest, uh, liver disease providers in the nation. Um, they're in Austin and San Antonio. And so I was, a became the director of marketing there. And so, it's kind of like a rep, you know, going day to day and, and speaking with doctors and kind of getting referrals. Um, so kind of got, got an experience with that for about six years. And while I was doing that, then I kind of started my side hustle, which was, you know, Airbnbs. Um, so I just had a few and kind of always looked at it as a, as a side hustle. And um, as you kind of mentioned in the intro, obviously it grew into something a, a little bit greater than that. So sure. So when did you start with Airbnb? What was the, I mean, you essentially lived a lifetime uh, of experiences there in, in a year and a half or, you know, pretty, maybe two years, a short period of time. And, and then I'm assuming that the Airbnb sort of started as, oh, I just want to make a little extra money. Is that kind of so the, the first one, well, I'll say the, my first experience with Airbnb was still, you know, just being broke down in Austin, man. So I, I just didn't, didn't have any money, you know, still being in a social work job. So I think I came down to Austin making like 26 K or 28. Um, you know, it, it wasn't like as expensive as sitting there city then, but still, still fairly expensive. So we have something called South by Southwest down here. I, I don't mm -hmm. know if you've heard of that, but I've been there. Okay, cool. It. Yeah. Right. So, you know, so I mean, you know, the biggest, you know, tech, uh, tech convention in the world, you know, for those 10 days. And so, um, so I was like, well, I'm going to put my apartment on this Airbnb thing. <laughs> and uh, I got like 350 bucks a day. 
uh, for like 10 days. And I was just like, and I still had like mattress, like my mattress was like on the floor, you know, <laughs> it was right, not right. a great <laughs> spot. It was a bachelor pad, but, um, and you know, that was like $3,500, which for me was like, that was like just a year. That was a game changer for that year, you know, right. because it was like, that was all I could really save an entire year with the income I had. So, so that was my first experience with it. And then when I really got into it was, um, I was looking to buy a home in Austin and, um, <clears throat> my realtor, uh, Diego Corso here in Austin, he's a big mentor of mine now too. Um, he was like, well, dude, like you might want a house hack, right? You might want to get some, um, I want to get some roommates and kind of like pay for the rent with, with, with those. And so I thought about that, but I was 30 and I was like, man, I really don't want roommates right now. So like, wh what else could I do? So kind of thought about the Airbnb thing. And so I was still traveling a ton at the time. So I'm like, well, what if I just Airbnb this thing, you know, when I leave for the weekends? And so that's kind of how it started, man, is I, I bought the house, kind of furnished it with all used stuff, like, you know, not super nice again, put it on Airbnb and had like a booking within like an hour. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is real. And, uh, and so that was kind of my first year and a half with it was just with my own home. I had met a, a special lady at the time who's, who's, uh, now my wife and, um, and so I had a place to stay on the weekend. So now I'm renting it out every weekend. And so it was, it was a life changer for me because, um, you know, I was finally making decent money. I was at Texas Liver Institute, but like I was, my mortgage, I think was 1850, you know, now I'm bringing in $4,000, you know, a month on Airbnb. So instead of paying $1,800 a month, you know, I'm making more than 2k. So right. just that difference right there of, of 40, 50 K in a year, you know, in the bank is, is, is a, was a huge difference for me at the time. Um, and, uh, so that was kind of my start, start in it. Yeah, no, that's, I, I, so many people, and I, and I think it's fantastic. Like so many of us get started in real estate, whatever asset class you want, but like almost accidentally, right. It's like, oh, I just, I just need to figure out a way to make this work. And here I am. And then that light bulb moment happens where you're see, you know, as you said, now here's a, you're, you go from, from paying 1850 a month to now making four grand. And it's like, okay, okay, well that's, <laughs> so if I do that, you know, on the weekends, what, what would happen if I, you know, could really do something, you know, was really doing this on a larger scale. And so that, that's kind exactly. of, I think where a lot of people get their start in, in whether it be an Airbnb or, you know, a lot of people, you know, start with house hacks or, or um, live in flips or whatever it is. But um, it's, it's cool just to see like how, you know, life necessity basically kind of can get you on that entrepreneurship road. And then you kind of figure out, for, you know, okay, how am I going to, how am I going to grow this and scale it? So what did you do there? You know, you sort of saw the success with your own home. How, what were the next steps? How did you kind of proceed from there? Yeah. So I was lucky enough to join a, like a mastermind group at that time. It was called March for a million, March to a million, maybe with Rock Thomas. Um, cool program. And um, there was a couple of guys that were doing rental arbitrage at that time. Um, so that was kind of like, no one was talking about it. No one was doing this um, where you're, you're renting a house, right. And then um, you get that lease and then you're putting it on Airbnb. So sometimes it's furnished, sometimes you have to furnish that, but then basically you're taking, you know, anything 
um, over what that rent is every month. So I started kind of looking for, for those types of properties, um, and found, um, two or three of them. Um, so, so yeah, so I started doing, doing some rent arbitrage and, and really then I was at three properties, you know, w- one of my own and, and two of the rent arbitrage. And I was like, I'm good. You know, it was like an extra, like 4k a month. Um, you know, again, I was making solid money that they, they kept going up with, with the, the marketing job. So coming from a social work background, I mean, I never thought I was going to make over 60, 70 K, you know? So all of a sudden right. I'm making like a hundred, 120, you know, with those combined incomes. And I'm like, man, that, I'm, I'm balling. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't need, I don't need anything else. So, so I kind of just stopped, man. I was just hanging out at that, uh, at those, those properties and like, you know, life is good and like not really working too hard, like making good cash. Um, so that was kind of the, the start of it. Um, I went up to five properties and things started getting a little bit more hectic then like, you know, balancing the work with the properties. It seems like whenever people scale an Airbnb, that's what they say, right. When you get to about five, you're like, Oh wow. Like I don't have systems. I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Um, and so I got to that, uh, right before COVID COVID hit, you know, lost a couple properties through that. Um, that were actually a blessing, um, that, that it happened the way it did. Um, and then the other ones I was able to kind of get through it with doing some longer term stuff. Um, so I came out of COVID then with like, I went back down to like two or three. And so it really gave me a time to think during that of like, man, this is a up and down industry. Like, like, do I want to do this? Do I want to put, you know, all my chips into this? And so um, I kind of decided yes. And so when I came out of COVID, I was a little bit more aggressive and saying like, all right, I want to leave my job within like a year, you know? And so I think within, you know, six months after that, um, I was back up to, let's see, I had two, so seven properties, um, which completely replaced my income um, that I had coming in, which was, you know, a 6k, um, job. And, uh, so replace that with a little bit. So I felt really good about that. And so once I got those signed on and I left my job, which was last June. Um, so where are we at? So yeah, like, you know, a little less than a year and a half ago, uh, was able to leave that and kind of start my company, which is five-star vacation home rentals. So. And were these all via arbitrage? Yeah. So then these were now I went into co-hosting or, you know, kind of managing people's properties. So, okay. uh, so I bought one, one more property of my own. So I was own, owning another one. So I did that right before I left my job, which was, you know, really smart using, you know, just for, for income verification and all that stuff. So I locked in like a 2.65 you know rate yeah. uh, on an awesome historic home in San Antonio um so i did that and then um and then yeah the other ones were were all co-hosting so i had one and i guess one more arbitrage so i had one arbitrage and then i signed this package of five um co-host deals um right east of downtown austin okay so you so you defined arbitrage that was great can you sort of define what you mean by co-host so people listening just have an idea what and we'll I think I know what you're talking about, but we'll, we'll kind of dive into that some more. Yeah. Too. So co-hosting is, is basically being a property manager, right? So a vacation rental manager. So we charge a percentage 
um, of all of the revenue comes in. So I charge, you know, 20% of, of revenue, uh, of our gross revenue that comes in. Um, and so, yeah, we, we completely manage that property and basically try to make it turnkey for the owners. So we manage the cleaners, we manage the maintenance, we manage the marketing, we manage the guest interactions, all of that stuff. So the reason I use the, the term co-host is in certain states, you have to be a, a, a real estate broker to be able to say property manager. Um, and so since I'm not a real estate broker, then, um, then that's why I use the word co-host, but. <clears throat> okay. Okay. No, that's, I mean, that's, that's good to know. And I think um, pointing out that it's, it may be state or even probably even market sometimes within states or different cities within states, I think have different rules as far as how they're um, how they treat short-term rentals and, exactly. and all of that. So it, it's a, it's a, I think a good point. It's not, it's not a fun or interesting point, I guess, but it's a, it's a good point for people that are looking to get into that short-term rental space that you definitely need to know that it's market specific and be, um, you know, if you don't know all the rules and regulations connecting with someone like yourself who does know that, you know, kind of the rules and regulations in that particular market, I think is, is hugely important. Um, so you don't get yourself in a, <laughs> in a situation well, that you well, can't pickle. get out of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, if so, when you do this, when you you're managing, you're essentially managing, f effectively for investors, right? Your your co-host, your your the other side of the co-host is essentially an investor who's the one who has bought the property yes. and now bringing you on as a partner to manage the property, um, yeah. which is a, which is a fantastic model, I think, from either side, right? If you exactly. if you want to do the managing, then great. If you don't want to do the managing, but you want the benefits of that cash flow from a, a short-term rental, then then great. Find someone to, to partner up with. What, um, I don't know, maybe give us some some sort of insight or, or um, tricks of tricks of the trade from the management side of things, right? So you mentioned earlier, you made a comment about how, you know, that inflection point seems to be about five. Yeah five yeah. units for people when they're like, oh, I don't have systems. So what, you know, you don't have to give away every one of your secrets, but kind of what's, what sort of things do you try to put in place for people to make it um, so that, that, that property is efficiently managed? Yeah. So, so let me say this first. So I'll get into the tips. So let me say this first is the disclosure is um, a lot of like Airbnb is the hot topic right now. I mean, a lot of people are talking about it. a lot of people are doing it um, or yeah. want to like, there's, there's not really a person I've talked to where I'm like, Oh, oh like I do Airbnbs. And they're like, Oh, I hate that. Like everyone's like, right. Oh, I'd love to have an Airbnb. Right. 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 Um, and it, cause it's a cool thing. It's like, man, I get this like vacation house and you know, I get to yeah. set it up all pretty and put these like quotes on the walls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so I'll say this, like, if you're looking to get into real estate, just understand that um, if you're on the management side, that Airbnb is not real estate, it's hospitality. So yeah. um, I think that was one thing, you know, that I kind of knew going into it, but not fully was just like, yeah, I mean, you're dealing with people, right? I mean, that's your main job. And so that's not real estate. That is, that is hospitality. Right. Um, and then you're dealing with houses and homes, which is maintenance. So that's really, you know, the, the two biggest parts of it. Yeah. Um, and the hardest parts is, is dealing with those things. So I'll say that, and I'll just say that it is a, it is a tough, tough industry, <clears throat> but there is a lot of tools out there um, that make life easier. So just like anything, right. It, it, you know, any specialty people go into now, I mean, 
you can make your job easier with technology. So we try to use every piece of technology we can to streamline things, um, but also to make ourselves more efficient and make us, you know, stand out, you know, within the industry. So, um, you know, automated pricing, of course, that's, that's, that's a basic thing of, you know, a program being able to say, Hey, it looks like in March, South by Southwest, a lot of people are booking. So we're going to push your rates up, uh, from $300 a night to $900 a night. So having that sort of thing, and still we go in manually and do that too, and, and, and see what's fit. But, um, but at least, you know, you have the smart pricing that's doing that for, for you most of the time efficiently. And, you're getting this little SEO boost. And for people that don't know SEO, search engine optimization. So just like on Google, you know, of, of who shows up first, um, Airbnb has that same algorithm. So why is your listing going to show up instead of the other 8,500 listings in Airbnb? One of those things is if you're active on your account. So are you changing your prices daily? Are you switching around your photos? Are you updating your titles? So so that's a huge trick that I don't think a lot of people realize or know um, is that we're in there every few days, changing things up, seeing where we can streamline it. We use a program called Rank Breeze. And so Rank Breeze tells us, you know, where are you showing up? Are you showing up on the first page? If you are, how many, how many times um, are you showing up on the first? If you're not showing up on the first page, what page are you showing up on? And here's a few tips to be able to show up a little bit higher. So <clears throat> we're kind of on the back end, always working on that stuff. Um, but yeah, my, my thing, if people are getting started is, you know, and especially if you want to grow, don't clean your own place. Uh, I think that's one thing that people are like, you know, they're like, I don't trust anyone. I, I want to clean my own toilet. I'm like, that's fine. If you just want one, no problem with that. Sure. You can actually save a ton of money doing that. No issues. I, I have a friend up in the up north in, in Austin. He has his one and like just is like, yeah, dude, it's super easy. I go on my lunch break. I like cleaning. Awesome. He saves like 170 bucks every time he cleans that. That's great. But if you're trying to scale, no way. Don't right. do that. Uh, so, you know, building your cleaning team, um, I think in almost any career path here in the U.S., if you're an entrepreneur, like using virtual assistants is absolutely massive. So I have two virtual assistants in the Philippines um, that are awesome. Um, one of them really runs our team. I mean, he's, he's, he's our manager right now, like soon to be director, um, you know, knows more about our property management software than myself. Like, I mean, just, just awesome, man. Super hard worker, um, you know, at a rate that is just not comparable to the U S um, much, much lower, and I'm able to give him a salary that he couldn't get there either, you know? So it's kind of this win-win. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, finding help and in terms of VAs can be really nice. So you're not locked on your phone all of the time. So that's one thing that when people get to three to five, you know, listings is like, they're just messaging a guest constantly. They're, they're, the cleaners, you know, where are you? Like, so you're, you're just attached to your phone, which, you know, I don't think there's a lot of people that, that want to be attached to their phones a lot of us are but um but, but probably don't want to make that decision right if, if yeah. you say you know you have to be on your phone all the time doing this work on airbnb or not most people would, would choose that ladder so yeah. um so there's a there's a few tips there so the vas are they you're having them do a lot of that sort of guest communication 
Yeah, so they do um, all of the kind of like basic guest communication. So, hey, where is this remote at, right? So we have like this property detail sheet where we have all of the questions that have been asked previously and then just all the details of the home. So they can easily go into that document and say, oh, the remote is, you know, in this box on the, the you know, on this table. So they're able to do all of that. We still do all of the guest communications if they call just because we feel like it's, um you know, a little bit, a lot of people want to feel like they're talking to Lucas or at least someone stateside, you sure. know, when, when they call about an issue. So um, we still take those calls, but that's very few because we have all of our systems, all of our manuals, like all of the questions that they might have, like we've already answered. And so the goal, we, we maybe get a call a week, um, which is pretty awesome having 20 properties and, you know, like on a Friday night, we'll have 130, 140 people within our homes. Um, so there's a lot that can go wrong. Um, so yeah, we pride ourselves in kind of making things easy for that guest so they don't have to reach out and they can figure it out um, on their own. Yeah. I mean, Dummyfy I mean, it all. Yeah. No, it makes it makes a lot of sense. I, I think that it's funny, you know, in the, in the handful of people I've interviewed from a short-term rental space, and and I, uh, I don't have any... Um, it is something that I, I am one of those people that's like, I would like, I would like a short-term rental. I think just, yeah, just yeah, because yeah. I think it would be originally I want, I mean, there's a lot of, we don't have to get into it, but there's a lot of benefits outside of the cash flow. Like there's, there's the the tax loopholes and things like that. So, and there's, there's a lot to it there. Um, but, but point being, I think, yeah, you, when I talk to people that are really into it and doing it at scale, it's, it's systematizing, it's having, uh, you know, the biggest thing is, you know, sort of the management of those things and getting out in front of it, where you have those manuals and you have, you know, it's like, guess what, the batteries are going to die on the remote. So have batteries on site, like things like that are just a hundred percent, like little things that people you think shouldn't be, <laughs> Like it's not things you think about in your normal life because you 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 just handle it right like, but Correct. when it's a guest they shouldn't have to handle it and they don't believe they should have to handle it so it's like you have to think of all those little things and all those questions and be like have those as as part of that you know sort of forward thinking process in in, in your management of these properties. Yeah, man, and great examples there because like that is like th those little things are like so so small right batteries like who cares it's like well you care if it's 9 p.m on a friday and a guest <laughs> calls you and said that they want their tv working right then you can yeah. care so like that's like i have a, a staff a full-time staff now in san antonio and a full-time in austin and those are the conversations we have every day is like listen we don't have to do that stuff but we have to handle it so like we'd rather do that <laughs> you know right. ahead of time than having to handle that when with our families or friends and instead of being with them and spending quality time, we're now running over to this property or texting them to let them know we'll reimburse them to go buy batteries and possibly risking a, a bad review, you know? Right. So. Right. Yeah, you just don't want, I mean, yeah, and I, that's the other really good point there that like, I feel like every single person is like, it's, a, it's about the reviews. You don't want to have anything that's going to kind of set you up for a bad review because that's how you, you know, kind of increase your, your demand and um, occupancy at the, at the property. So I think all of those things, especially if you're, you know, managing as a co-host, that's got to be front of mind 
that like the, the entire focus of your business. And, and do you, when you do this, are you doing, um, you kind of helping people furnish and get them set up and things like that, or you're just managing after. Yeah, man. So we'll, we'll go full scale with them if they want. So we don't, we don't furnish it anymore. We work with designers um, and then work like alongside them of like, you know, I'll basically like approve the designs and furnishings and things like that. But, but yeah, I mean, I was doing it by myself before. Um, but yeah, so we bring in designer, independent designers. They have like, you know, three to five that I work with. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll go through that whole process too, of, of getting, you know, furniture picked out, getting the right sheets, the right towels, the right pillows, the right silverware. <laughs> so, and, yeah. and of course, again, systematizing that as much as possible too. Right. So we can have our Amazon list. It's just kind of click, click, click. Um, so, you know, we can typically get a property up and running from having nothing in it, you know, to having a guest in there within three to five weeks you know, just depending on the, the scale of the project and availability of furniture and things like that. So it's been pretty cool to, to watch that and be able to tell people too, especially investors coming in, they're like, dude, I don't want anything to do with this. And it's like, perfect, you know, open your checkbook, let us, right. you know, how, how much right. do we have and, and, and let us, let us have at it. And then seeing them be like, wow, like, I can't believe like, this is what the house looks like now. Right. Um, so yeah. And, and it's cool too, because you know, I'm really cued in now on like, what is, what makes the difference, right? Like, why, again, why is this property getting booked and this one isn't? And so now just like an accent wall, right? Or like this like wallpaper in this one and, you know, these making yeah. sure you have the four pillows plus the accent pillows on each bed and so, you know, so it's just yeah. these little details that like, again, like I, I never noticed that stuff, dude. I'm a dude when it comes to that stuff. Right. Total like, right. dude, if I like put this screen down, if I put this camera down a little bit and this bed behind me like it's a disaster right here like, <laughs> like close out you know so like i i wasn't you know i didn't have that eye for that stuff and so it's been really cool to watch my progress in that of just like these little details and figuring out really when you walk in like what is this going to look like in a camera because that's all you have man it's just like True. i mean it's like the, it's like a dating app they have one, you have one picture to like prove yourself so it's just like how people are swiping through tinder i mean that's basically what they're doing on airbnb you have your cover photo yeah. and you have a little title that's 40 characters or 50 characters and that's yeah. all you have to set yourself apart it's yeah. crazy so, yeah makes total sense and it's important is that picture <laughs> it's funny that you you mentioned that you know sort of design aspect of it because <laughs> We, when we, we, like I said, we, we don't have one, but when we stay in an Airbnb, we like go on vacation, we stay in an Airbnb. If I pick it, it's never good. It's never good. <laughs> if my wife picks it. It's always good. It's like every, it's like, so we just, now we know like, okay, don't like, cause, cause yeah, she'll notice that stuff in the, like, there are certain things that she, it's like, it's almost like a hashtag algorithm. Like there's certain things that she's looking for yeah. in that listing that make her think these, this is going to be a place that we want to stay. 100%. So it's like, it's, it's very cool that it, like some people are just really, really good at that. I think, uh, it, you know, and, and I'm not one of them, but it, but it is, it, I, I imagine that would be something too, that, yeah, you, you would, you, you know, learn over time and it would, it would be, um, a, a learned skill that you develop. And you, another thing you mentioned is that picture and it's funny, it brought to mind. So, like I said, I've, I've been looking at Airbnbs in, and one thing I, I sort of, there's so many listings, right? There's like, a, like 
right it, it may not even be a house that has been listed as that has ever been used as an airbnb that doesn't mean it wouldn't be a good one so you're like looking through all these listings and one of the things that that i started doing that i imagine would be similar to people like looking at airbnb if this is a house that has a view and the view is not the first picture i don't even like i in fact because i'm looking for for you know short term rental purposes if the view is not the first picture, I don't even go any further. So it helps me like get through a lot more listings, but but that just goes to show you how important that might be to people that are trying to market their rental. It's like, you know, you're, you're gonna do all that work on the inside. You're gonna make it look nice. You're gonna have the amenities that you can put in there. But if you're like, if this is a, a oceanfront or a mountaintop place, I guarantee you what every person coming there wants to know is what are they looking exactly. at out that point? Like that's, and it's just, so I, I think that point about like, you have a limited uh, amount of, you know, space to catch someone is, is huge. It's a great point, man. And yeah, I mean, just for another, you know, tip there, like, I mean, I, I run numbers all week long. So, I mean, I probably have, I don't know, three to five investors that I'm running numbers for at a time. Um, and so like, that's one of the things I haven't handed off to anyone yet. Cause I think it's, it's, a, take, it's kind of scientific and, and it takes a lot. It's, it's super analytical. And so I'm, I'm, I'm looking at these, these properties all the time in this area. Right. And it's like, all right, there's, there's a, in this, let's say 0.3, you do that. You write that like you just do this circle. So it's like right. 0.3, mile you know radius and uh three to five bedrooms and okay now there's 14 houses in there so now we're going to see like which ones are the comps within that and you'll look at these houses that are you know same square footage same design some of them you know same amenities <clears throat> and yet one property is getting fourteen thousand dollars a month and one property is getting eight thousand dollars a month and you're like, like wow and it's like what you just said, because that first photo, like I was just, just running one yesterday and it was a pool property. Um, and their last four pictures are their pools. Their last four pictures. You had to scroll through 30 other pictures to get through a picture of their pool. Yeah. It's like, that is your number one picture. No questions asked. Like you're in Austin, Texas. It's hot right. here nine months out of 12. Yeah. Yep. And like you, like you literally double, we just built a hundred thousand dollar pool in our backyard because it'll pay itself off in a year and a half, um, you know, through, through Airbnb. Like that's like our property was going to do like 7,000 and I'll do 14,000 a month. Like this is how important it is. And yet you don't have your first picture be the pool. Right. So, yeah. so yeah, it's, it's yeah. You really got to think about that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you need to have, yeah, whether it's your pool or like I said, like like you're on a mountain, you're looking like you need a shot that goes from what you did nicely, hopefully what you did nicely on the inside that kind of shows that and pans out to your your best thing, your best feature. That. And that needs to be number one. Like, okay, follow that up with like the stuff you're really proud of on the inside too. But but 100%. like you have to realize why people are coming to your property. Yep. And now there's so many people that are putting a lot of work into this, you know, to making it a nice property that you have to, it's, it's probably fairly easy to kind of bypass the ones that are, are not, you know, putting the effort in 
But if yeah. you want to be in that top tier, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to market it. You've got to, to, you know, sort of show that right. And as you said, like, if it means adding a pool because it's a place that pools are expected and it's going to double your revenue, well, then you add a pool or you know, whatever the right. case may be. But um, I think it, it's, it's really understanding what the um, demand is in that market. Is, is yeah. Really yeah. I think the, the last thing I'd say on that is just, you know, Air, Airbnb started a certain way, which was like mattresses on the floor. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what the owners, they, they started at a tech conference in San Francisco. They put, put, put owner, they put a, like six or seven air mattresses on and rented those out. Like that's how it started, which turned into a lot of people sharing their home, right? You come into my home, you sleep in this bedroom. I'll try to leave you alone as much as possible. That's not, even close to what it is anymore. Not only do people expect a full home, but they expect this home to be pristine. Yep. You know, they expect that it is hotel standard quality cleaning, right? Cleanliness, I should say. And so, you know, no hairs on the sheets, everything looks great. Um, so the expectation for these things now are, is it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, it's mm -hmm. really tough. Yep. And again, because think of like for a hotel, it's like, yeah, you're, you're, cleaning this little 130 square foot or you know maybe 200 square foot room like these are 4,000 square foot houses we have and every inch of it matters <laughs> like it's it's really hard to meet those expectations but but that's unfortunately what it is now is like people walk walk in and they want to feel like this thing is sparkling everything is working you know everything can be found like the, the whole the whole thing so yeah. it's a it's come a long way and um the good part of that is that there's a lot of upside in that and a lot of people are willing to pay for it we have properties that you know rent for fifteen hundred two thousand dollars a night i don't know why people pay that much but they do so but it's amazing yeah. that, that that they're out there and they're willing to do that yeah. so uh there's money to be had but like you you have got to be on your game so yeah, it has to be. It has to provide that value to to be getting Correct. those those rates, and and that's yeah. You're you're 100 right that what Airbnb was when it started, it's it's not that anymore. It's a it's a as you said before, hospitality industry, and that's that's how you need to treat it. So, um, yeah, super cool, um, Lucas. Let's let's just shift gears a little bit here, so I can. Uh, get to ask you the questions that I like to ask every guest. Um, first one being based awesome, on the name man. of the show. Uh, what is being know your why? So, so what is your why? What, what's kind of the, the driver behind the success? Yeah. So, I mean, I think this has shifted for me, you know, throughout mm -hmm. my life. Um, but I think, you know, within the last couple of years, it stayed pretty consistent. I don't, don't see it shifting much anymore. Um, and so, you know, when I first got in that group that I talked about, of you know, March to a million, um, and I got surrounded and then, um, got to be a part of go abundance, which I don't know if you've heard of go abundance, but really yeah. big national group. Um, and, uh, and I found, you know, financial freedom. Uh, I never cared about money. I was a social worker, right? Like it was just never, never anything I really thought about it didn't care if I had a lot of it. And, um, and I heard that word financial freedom and it's really shifted how I think, and so, you know, my why is, is, is my family um, and being able to, you know, in the future here, um, we're, uh, we're going to start this process, hopefully, God willing, you know, having, having children in the next uh, year or so. And um, I want to be a present dad, 
you know, I, I want to be able to be with my kids and, and do all this amazing things. And, uh, I don't like, so, so I've built this business. I stepped away from a really comfortable job. Honestly, I, I didn't have to work that hard. I made great money. I was fairly happy. Um, but at this point it's, it's a lot about, you know, being able to have time, um, and energy to do what I want when I want. And that's going to, uh, with the focus on what that's going to look like, you know, when we have children. And so like a lot of what I'm building right now has to do with that of thinking every day of like, okay, it's fine right now on a Saturday for me to go to this property and do what I have to do and clean this place out. But like, what's that going to look like in five years when my kid has a soccer game? Like, I want to be at the soccer game, <laughs> you know, like I don't want to be dropping off towels. So like really that's day to day of like the decisions I make in my business, the decisions I make in my health, right. Am I going to go and do like, I mean, I compete at a really high level athletically, but at the same time, my body's been hurting, man. So it's like, I need to, I need to get in this yoga routine more, you know, like I need to be able to stretch. I need to be stretching. Like, yeah. so, I mean, it's just, this, that's what I think about every day is kind of longevity and health and wellness and, and time and freedom. So not a concise answer at all, brother. I'm sure some people have some super eloquent, like here's yeah. my purpose, but this is, uh, <laughs> this is the opposite of, this is a question that, that doesn't have a right answer. And yeah. I, it's also obviously name of the show, but it's like, it is my favorite thing. Cause I don't, yeah, some people have a concise answer, but I actually think that's probably not as thought through if you're like, or maybe it's thought through and you're just not sharing it all. But I, I think yeah, that yeah. it's, it's a, um, it's something that evolves. It's something that, uh, is multifaceted right you mentioned family you mentioned health there's all that and and good for you thinking about what um what life with kids you know will look like in the time freedom before they're there because uh it took until after they got here for me to <laughs> realize that i was uh working too much in, in a capacity that wouldn't allow me to be around my kids so yeah it's something that um when you do realize that it, it's it it's you know, kind of life-changing. So it's pretty cool that, that you're already on that track. And um, I think you'll, uh, spending time with them is, is, you know, kind of the most important thing to me. So it's, it's um, being able to set that up ahead of time is, is awesome. So good for you. Thanks brother. Um, yeah. And I, I guess um, the last part of that, which I missed a huge thing, I think is, is, is helping people. So, you know, I, I was a social worker and I don't get to do that day to day with my job now. Right. And so I have to find, ways to be able to do that still. And so I've been in recovery for, for a number of years. So I'm, I'm very active in that community and, you know, trying to sponsor and, and, and give back. And, um, and yeah, so, I mean, I, I think a lot about day-to-day, -day, whether it's just with friends and um, helping them learn about finances and, and, and freedom for themselves, whether it's, you know, buying someone a ticket to Tony Robbins so they can go experience, you know, self-development the way that I really, you know, got, got involved with it and loved it. So, um, yeah, man, how can I give back to, to, to the community? And really the way I see that as I think I've been blessed to be like a more like emotional man in touch with my, like, you know, in, in the, in the sure. <laughs> being in recovery has a lot to do with that. And so I try to be really, really vulnerable with, 
you know, my struggles in my life, which I see a lot of men, men struggle with. So I just sometimes make men uncomfortable, the conversations I, I have. Um, but I do that from a place of, I want to be authentic, man. I want to be an authentic man here and I want to be vulnerable. And I hope that, that, that I can help others with that. So that's a huge thing of what I try to do day, day to day. And I do an inventory every night that asks just that, you know, were you, were you selfish today or were you thinking about others? right? Were you angry? Were you resentful? So I deal with that stuff day to day um, to make sure that I'm not letting any of that, that stuff, you know, get out of control. So well, that's, uh, that's phenomenal. And maybe we'll just come back, have you come back and we'll do a podcast just on that. Cause that'd be, <laughs> that is, that is equally interesting to me. We talk, talk about all of that stuff as well. So, um, but good for you. I, I think, yeah, I, I mean, I think, one of my favorite things too about about the you know sort of what is your why question is that a, there's a lot of similarity in answers in the sense that you know people want financial freedom or they want time freedom or you know it's family or whatever it is but almost every person it seems like once they get that you know sort of personal aspect of their why figured out then it's okay what's my impact right now mm. i now i did this yeah. what what's what's the bigger picture right yes, like sir. what's the what's the bigger picture outside my four walls? And, and it's like some of the stuff there that, that people, I mean, what, you know, what you're talking about and, and other guests have had just like what they talk about at that impact level is, is like truly what I love about that. Like this, like, sure. We talk about real estate, but like the, the coolest thing is to me to hear like people's evolution into what that, you know, impact driven goal is. So a hundred percent agree, man. Very cool. Very cool. Um, yeah, we'll have to have another conversation that talks about all this. <laughs> That's this is too long to to fit it in here. But um, next next question for you. Uh, tell us something about yourself. You, you did share a lot about yourself already there, but um, just something that you know, maybe special skill or hobby or something that people don't know about you that uh, will help to let let the listeners know you better. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm just an adventurer. So yeah, I mean, I, you know, I shared a lot about the traveling stuff. And so, and I think, you know, as it comes to like the addiction stuff, I've, I've um, realized I tried to find, you know, adrenaline rushes and in, in, in not a very positive way sometimes through, through some of that stuff. And so, you know, I, I incorporate that stuff in my life, whether it's mountain biking or jumping out of a plane or, you know, going to a city without a hotel, you know, booked and, you know, figuring out the day, like whatever, just kind of gives, gives me those little, you know, adventure seeking highs um, is something that, that I really love and, and kind of drives me and excites me. Um, so yeah, it, in Go Abundance, I said like bucket list adventures too, right? Now that stuff that's just like, <clears throat> what are you, what are you looking forward to? Like, what are you going to cross off in your life? And so um last year I tried to go, you know, diving with whale shark, right. Uh, didn't, didn't get them this time, but, but we're going again in, in December here. So I hope to, to check that off and not as something that's because I'm checking it off. Right. Because this gives me great fulfillment and it's freaking awesome. Right. It's just a uh, super cool experience. Yeah. And, but, but a lot of times we don't think about that as humans, right? Like what are, what can I get done? You know, we always say like we <clears throat> underestimate, you know, what we can get, or we overestimate what we can get done in a day or a week, but underestimate what we can get done in a lifetime. And so there's just like so many epic, so much epic shit we can do. So 
like start writing it down, you know, and, and, and crossing that stuff off. Totally. Totally. Um, when people hear this and they want to reach out to you, what's the best way? Yeah. So we're on uh, Instagram at five star VHR. Um, so feel free to say hi there or, um, or yeah, if you're kind of interested in the Airbnb stuff or, you know, want to talk further about that, um, that email is rentals at five star that's written out five star vhr.com so either of those ways work great awesome and we'll get all that in the show notes too so people can find you uh final question for you lucas what is a piece of advice that you would give to someone who's getting started um you know you can say real estate in general or or short-term rentals or honestly anything you want just kind of a uh getting started getting getting yourself going in the right direction yeah, I think um, I think it depends on your personality. But if you're like me, uh, I think for most people, it's like I'm sure a lot of people have said this year too, right? But like, find the network, find a mastermind group, find a group of people that's going to push you. I think one of the places where I've seen in my life, like the biggest biggest like upward trajectory, was um, you know creating my own mastermind. So I just found like four guys that I was like, all of these guys have different things that I want. You know, it's like one was just crushing it financially. Like I'd already, you know, reached financial freedom, you know, another one just really good at real estate. And I'm like, man, I could soak that up. Another one, very good at health. So I kind of gathered these guys and I'm like, Hey, let's meet every two weeks. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about our goals. We're going to talk about each pillar of our lives for three and a half years, man, every two weeks, we got to meet and talk about that and, and check those things off and say, here's my goal for next meeting and have accountability surrounding that. So, um, that was free. I didn't need to pay 5,000 or $10,000 to be a part of a group, right? If money is a thing, like I, so you can pay for masterminds, but you could also just start one. Um, you know, uh, so, so surround yourself by people that are doing what you want to do. Um, and, um, you know, don't be scared to ask questions. Um, don't be scared to make mistakes and, uh, action, man, action. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. That's uh, all fantastic advice. Well, listen, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Uh, it's been great. It's been great, uh, hearing your story and, um, talking to you. So, so thank you very much. I do appreciate the time. Yeah, man. Get back here to get some of that salt lick barbecue. Okay. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Will do. Uh, awesome. Right, well, uh, if y'all like this episode, I'm sure you will. Uh, please, please like, rate, and review, and uh, that'll allow us to reach more listeners. All right. Have a great day. I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you.